Hi, everybody. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Jessie. This is my husband, Gaz, as you might have picked up. And um, I have the privilege of taking us through the next, next episode of our current series, which is called Original Faith. And the title that I've given it is Look Up. And hopefully the slide behind me is a picture of a beautiful galaxy, all the stars, and this is what God has asked Abraham to look up to and to, to tell him about the descendants um, that will fill the earth from his life. And those are you and me. So when you look at that picture, you can identify a star and just see yourself there. You were in God's mind long, long before you were in the mind of your parents or a twinkle in your father's eye, as that lame joke goes. So um, look up. I don't know if we can move to the next slide. I, I don't know. This reminded me of the movie Don't Look Up. <laughs> I don't know if any of you watched this movie. It has nothing really to do with my talk except for the fact that the title reminded me of it. And basically, for those of you that didn't see it, what it's about is this asteroid that's about to come and hit the Earth. And um, all these scientists have discovered it. And it's actually visible in the sky. And they're saying to everyone, look up, there's this asteroid that's about to come and hit us. It's a bit of a thinly veiled metaphor for the climate crisis. Um, and then there's this whole other group of people that goes, this is a scam, this is a conspiracy, don't look up. And what's interesting about it, and the only thing that it vaguely has to do with what I'm talking about today, is just, it's a really stark visual demonstration of what's happening in our world and how polarized opinions can be, how many different ideologies there are, how many different sources of knowledge, and how it's really hard to navigate all of this as we're trying to navigate our own lives. And yet God says to us, look up, look at me, and we get to navigate our life through him and by him. And that's what we're going to look at today. So as I said, this series is called Original Faith, and it's a journey through the footsteps of Abraham. You might be wondering why this is relevant to us to go so far back into the Old Testament and look at how Abraham navigated life and navigated faith in a very different time in a very different context. But the Apostle Paul says to us in the New Testament to be guided by the footsteps of Abraham. So we know we need to pay attention. We know we need to go back in and find the keys that are still relevant to us. I loved what Taryn said in the first week of this series. He said, we learn through this story how God can take you and me, hesitant pilgrims, and turn us into people of dynamic trust in a living, speaking, and intervening God. Isn't that who we always hope and hope to know God to be, a living, speaking, and intervening God? And isn't that who we actually need him to be? So today, specifically, we're going to look at how Abraham navigated two things, the aftermath of crisis and the reality of what, it, what felt like a delayed promise, living in a place of delayed promise. And we're going to gather these keys to walk out our own journey with God. So we're going to read Genesis 15, verse 1 to 6. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless, and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliza of Damascus? And funny story, last week when Gaz asked me what I'm preaching on, I read him this verse, and he said, does the Bible actually say a loser from Damascus? <laughs> it, 
It doesn't. It doesn't say that. But it is funny because it's kind of the way we sometimes go to God, isn't it? When things have gone wrong or we're just feeling grumpy about how life's turning out. Like, my whole estate is just going to go to some loser in Damascus. You're not looking after me. And Abram continued, you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, this man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Isn't that interesting? He's saying, if indeed you can count him, I've got a much bigger story here available to what your eyes can see. And then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord, and he credited to him as righteousness. So we're going to start with the two words at the beginning of this verse, after this. Now, after this tells us that something has happened before that has really shaken Abraham. And last week, Dave took us through what had actually happened where Abraham's going about his life, following God, and suddenly he gets caught up in this huge war between the five kings of Sodom and the four eastern kings, and his own family gets caught up in this. His nephew Lot is taken captive, taken right into the middle of the battle, into the tar pits, and he has to go in and go and rescue him. And the great thing about the story is that actually it ends well. He manages to rescue Lot, he manages to bring the whole household back, and he actually um, manages to get back some of the wealth that had been plundered from other cities. And yet, as we know, when we've been in situations where our peace has been shattered, even if the outcome is good, we're left with a deep feeling of vulnerability. And I think from these questions, it's clear to us that Abraham was left with a deep feeling of vulnerability. He's wondering, will these kings counterattack? He's just humiliated these kings with a small band of men. He's defeated them. Will they come back and try and get retribution for that? He's also looked at huge wealth and been offered huge wealth, and he's, he's resisted that temptation. But now he's looking at what he has, and he's wondering, what am I doing? Will I have enough? Do I have what it takes? Is God going to provide for my needs? And then finally, he's asking those big questions about legacy and about the future. Will I have my own son? Will your promises be fulfilled in my life? And he really needed God to speak. And I know many of us will relate to that sense of vulnerability that can happen when things aren't quite, don't seem to be working out um, how we plan for them to go. And I know for me, um, I spent about 10 years of my life traveling. I was in, in certain places for a few years at a time, but I always felt like the, le the Lord was leading me onto something else. And I was so delighted to go. I was always delighted to go to the next place. I felt like God really blessed me and I had these amazing growth journeys. But after about 10 years and after a couple of quite difficult setbacks, I started to doubt, does God actually have a plan? And I started to wonder in my following of him, which I'm so delighted to do, in the following of him, will the personal desires of my heart to have a settled home and have a family, will he meet those desires? And that's a vulnerable space to bring God. And like Abraham and his vulnerability, I needed God to actually speak a specific word to me. And what we can all be so grateful for this morning is that God loves to speak to us. He loves to speak to his children. The Bible tells us, my sheep hear my voice. Each one of us has the ability to hear God's voice in many, many different ways. He talks our language. He knows how to get through to our hearts. 
So what did he say to Abram? He actually met him in his promises in his exact place of need, which is exactly what he wants to do for us. So let's look at what he promised again. He said, do not be afraid, I am your shield. So he spoke into that place of Abram needing to know that he was protected by God. I am your protection, I am your shield. And then he spoke to that place of provision. Will I have what I need? Yes, I am your reward. I am your reward. I am everything you need. And it's good to just note, I am your reward. So he went beyond what we sometimes look at as what we need in the physical. And he went, I know, I'm, I'm speaking to a greater need in you. You need me. I am your reward. And finally, he promises him this inheritance and this legacy and this future that he wanted, which is your offspring will be like the stars. This will be your own son. And I think what's so important about that is what he's doing is he's promising him a place in his greater story. Sometimes what we go through in our life is not just about the battle that we're fighting. We're all caught up in a greater story that God is um, playing out on the earth. And we get to be a part of that. We get to say yes to that. In week one, Taryn went into detail about the promises that were made to Abraham that are also universalized to us. In fact, Paul tells us that by faith in the son of Abraham, we become children of Abraham and are blessed along with Abraham, the man of, man of faith. So if you're struggling to find your individual promises, you can go back to those promises and go, these are what God has promised me as descendants of Abraham. These are the promises that I can hang on to. But the beautiful thing is that God also gives us individual promises. For me into that particular place of need, that looked like sitting alone in my room one day, praying, asking God to speak into the specific situation. And I will just say that this didn't come immediately. I was walking out with these desires of my heart for a long time. And I felt a scripture just pop into my mind. And it was one that I didn't know. God gave me the reference, it was Psalm 113, nine. And I had one of those moments where I opened the Bible and looked at it. And I don't know if any of you do this, but sometimes if you really, really want to hear from God, you just open the Bible and then hope that the word will just jump up. And then half the time, it's maybe something encouraging because most of the Bible's encouraging and the rest of the time it's and fire fell down on Lot or something and you realize I'm going to definitely throw that out. But this was one of those times where I looked up the verse and it just spoke exactly into that place of need. Psalm 139 says, I will set you in a home as a happy mother of children. And it took a number of years for that promise to be fulfilled. But I can say now that I am walking out the fulfillment of that promise. And the reason why I just felt it was so important to, to speak that testimony out today is that I think sometimes we can, we can really... We can focus on God is with us in the delay and he's with us in the aftermath of crisis and he's with us in the desires of our heart. And that's always going to be true. But he is also the God of victory and he is also the promise keeper. And he is also not a man that he should lie and he does fulfill his promises. And I need us to also be holding, this is why testimonies are so important, that we do get to walk into promises fulfilled. Our whole life does not have to look like waiting and delay and hardship. Yes, in this life we will have trouble, but we also have victory. 
So we need to be hearing the testimonies as well of promises fulfilled. And those will give us strength for the journeys that we're in. And I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what your promise that you're waiting for is or, or what you're needing God to speak on. But I do know that he wants to speak. And I do know that he wants to take you on a journey of faith and that he will lead you into promises fulfilled. And I want to look at Abraham's response and what it meant to God. Abraham believed the Lord. We're back in the scripture now. Verse 6. Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. Now we know that Abraham's faith pleased God. And Hebrews 11.6 tells us that without faith, it's impossible for us to please God as well. But this is different. He'd credited to him as righteousness, as right standing before God. And this was a, a prophetic picture of what would later happen when Jesus came and through Jesus, we would be given the gift of righteousness, the gift to be in right standing before God. And the great thing about this is that we didn't have to earn it. It just comes from believing. So Abraham just believed and it was credited to him as righteousness. When we believe in Jesus, we just believe and we become righteous. And righteousness is important because it means that we can come boldly before the throne of God. It means that we can come to God. We can ask him for that word. We can ask him for that promise. We need access to God. Believe it or not, whether you feel it or not, your greatest desire is not for the, the, the things of this earth that you think that they are. It's for God himself. So that's why when, when Abraham, his faith came, it didn't come in the moment of the promise fulfilled. It came in the moment of the interaction. How many of you have had those moments where you're feeling really confused about a thing and, and actually the Lord comes and he speaks or he gives you some kind of encouragement in your day and you already start to feel better. You get lifted up because you know who he's in this and he has a plan. That's what we're needing. We don't always need the promise fulfilled. So the ability to stand fully in that gift of righteousness and come before the Lord is so important. We must receive that gift. One theologian puts it this way, under law, we are blessed and grow spiritually by earning and deserving. But under grace, we are blessed and grow spiritually by believing and receiving. And this can seem quite simple. We receive the gift of righteousness and we have received the abundant provision of grace that is given to us freely when we just believe Jesus. But actually, this can be the place where we get really stuck. Oswald Chambers says, the root of all evil is a suspicion that God isn't good. And we get stuck when we stop coming to him, not because we don't have full access, but it's usually because of two things. One, it can be because we've started to, we've blamed God for something, or we're just in, we're just confused about how, God could do a certain thing. How did he let this happen? How did this, how can I reconcile what's happened in my life to the nature of God? And so we distance ourselves from him. Or there's another thing that can happen is you blame yourself for something that you did or something that you didn't do and you just can't forgive yourself and you just can't let it go. And then you distance yourself from God. And it's in this place that we become stuck and we stop being able to move forward. And it's the very place that we actually need um, to be coming to him because he is the one with the words of life. He is the one that can bring that healing. He is the one that moves us forward into, into inheritance, into promise. 
When we distance ourselves from God, we stop being able to navigate by his voice. We stop that looking up. And we can end up going in circles. And we can end up feeling really stuck. Sometimes that even leads to coming out of community, finding ourselves quite isolated. We want to stay on the path. We want to stay in that place of faith. There's a beautiful Stephanie Gretzinger song that just so accurately like, speaks about the heart posture that if we receive this gift of righteousness and the abundant provision of grace that we can approach the Lord in. So I'm just going to read the verse because I feel like it just brings it into such a relevant context, such an easily relatable context. I'm blameless in your sight. We get to come before him like this. I am blameless in your sight. My history is rewritten. You delight in showing mercy, and mercy triumphs over judgment. So I will awake and I will spend my days loving the one who has raised me up from death to life, from wrong to right, and making all things beautiful. There's so many declarations in that. It's accepting the gift of righteousness. It's understanding that God makes all things beautiful. And even in the midst of confusion, or we haven't fully seen it manifested, we choose to have faith that he is making all things beautiful. So we're going to have a look at a couple of keys for growing in faith. And I'm aware that for some of us here, we'll be walking out the aftermath of crisis, just like Abraham. Or perhaps you're living in the midst of a delayed promise. And then others are potentially in seasons of incredible blessing, because those also happen. But for all of us, there are keys to be grasped in this story. So the first is faith comes by hearing, and I know we've touched on this, but I love this verse in Matthew 4.4. It says, man doesn't live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So our challenge is to view every season of our life as an invitation into that space of hearing his voice. God might speak through his scripture. He might whisper something in your spirit. It might be through a preach that's given. There's lots of ways that God speaks to us, but he does know our language and he does know how to speak. And it's our job to pursue him in every season of life, knowing that he speaks and finding that word. And that word then starts to um, direct our path. Faith also comes by promises. God gives us promises to invite us into our future. But our key in the present when we're waiting for a promise is that it's not actually up to us to, to fulfill the promise ourselves. But what we can do is align ourselves to that promise. What we can do is let our current season build in us what is necessary for that promise fulfilled. And that can only happen if we're holding on to the promise for the future. It starts to, if we believe, if we believe that a promise is happening, it starts to affect our thoughts. And what we believe affects our thoughts, and then our thoughts start to affect our actions, and it actually sets your course. So we need to be holding God's promises in our mind and letting that flow into direction come from that place. Because once we give up on that, we start going in all kinds of directions. We want to keep navigating and walking towards the promises that he has for us. And just in case you're wondering if God's promises can be trusted, I want to read you Numbers 23:19. Since God is not human that he should lie or change his mind, will he speak and then not act or promise and not fulfill? Or 2 Corinthians 1:20, which says the promises of God are yes and amen. 
There are promises for all of us as believers, but there are also individual and specific promises. And my encouragement is find them. Find the promise for you. And as I was praying for this morning, I felt a very specific verse come to me that I felt like is a promise for our community in this season. Psalm 16, 6, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. Isn't that a beautiful picture of how it's not hard to hear God's voice? Most of us are hearing him more than we think. Most of us are hearing him more than we consciously can process. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. No matter what's happening, I keep coming to him, set him always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. So this is a beautiful word for us of how to position ourselves. We recognize there's a promise. I have a delightful inheritance. How do I get there? I keep setting him before me. And because it is at my right hand, I therefore in this posture will not be shaken. And I just feel like the Lord wants to remind each of us that he has an inheritance. Yes, we have an internal inheritance through Jesus, but there's an earthly, there are a number of earthly inheritances for us as well. When I received that promise of being a mother, it was actually part of a much greater prayer, which I'd been praying probably close on 20 years. I'd been praying for restoration of my family. So my family was broken quite young. There's quite a lot of painful relationships, like many families are complex and complicated. But I wanted to see God's vision for restoration of family in my family. And I wanted to see that not just for myself and for my immediate family, not just those relationships restored, but I wanted to change the tide so that the next generation would not have to have the pain that we had. And that's a much bigger that's a much bigger promise than I've seen fulfilled yet. I'm still contending for that, and I'm still praying for it. But I do believe that it's something that God has given me to pray for. I believe that that's an inheritance on my life, and I position myself towards that always. See, there are inheritances that we, we fight for personally that are actually for more than ourselves. Most of what we fight for is actually for more than ourselves. Our breakthroughs, the things that we put our time to, the things that we believe for, become things that other people can step into really easily. And those are not easy battles. In his book, Roadmap to Purpose, Julian Adams points out that Abraham's destiny was connected to Terah, who was Abraham's father, who was also drawn to the promises of God for his descendants. But he settled in a place called Haran instead of moving into Canaan, the land of promise. So he stopped short of the land of promise. And interestingly, the name of the the town that he stopped in was also the name of a son that he'd lost. So in his place of disappointment, he stopped and got stuck. And he never managed to enter fully into the promise, into that promised land. And that's, that's the only danger for us. It's so simple. It's believe and move forward. And yet it's so complex because life is so complex. And all of us have to walk through pain, and we all have to walk through disappointment, and we all have to walk through the aftermath of crisis and the delayed promises. Life is full of unexpected turns. But my challenge to you today is don't get stuck in that place. Whatever it takes for you to move through, trust that God is good. Choose to believe. Don't stop short of moving fully into the promised land of the inheritances that God has given for you to live in. Hebrews 6.11 says that we receive 
inheritance through faith and through patience. These are not easy things. These are hard won, but so worth it. It says we want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end so that when you ho- what you hope for might be fully realized. We do not want you to become sluggish, but imitate those through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. And that verse, even the way that's phrased, tells me that this is not always easy. So we don't always know how to navigate this, but we imitate those that, that seem to be walking in the right direction. When Abraham looked at, looked at the skies, he was given a completely illogical promise that actually wasn't going to be fulfilled in his lifetime. Look at the skies, this is going to be your offspring. That makes no sense at all. It maybe speaks to the fact that he'll have his own child, but the fulfillment couldn't possibly happen in his lifetime. And actually, it would still be 14 years before he had that son. But God was trying to envelop him and give him this vision for this much bigger story that's a part of. And that's true for each one of us as well. It's not just about you. It's about being part of God's amazing story and having the privilege to be one of Abraham's descendants, somebody else that can carry the torch, somebody else that can release his kingdom on earth, somebody else that can claim inheritance. And that's what we say yes to. When we say yes to Jesus, we initially often say yes for ourselves, but what we're actually saying yes to is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're saying yes to this massive narrative of restoration of humankind. And sometimes we have to walk through hardship because that's the only way. It's not necessarily God going, I want to hurt you or I don't want to protect you from this. Sometimes the only way in our world to get from this place to breakthrough is through a valley or through a wilderness. But he promises to be with us. He promises us a provision of grace. And we do get to that place of inherited promise. And if you feel like you've been waiting a long time, then you're in really good company because Abraham waited 14 years. Joseph waited, I think, 13 or 14 years between getting his dream and then becoming regent of Egypt. David had about 13 years before his promise and then actually arriving on the throne. God's journeys take time. And we grow and we mature in the midst of them. And he's with us. Every single one of those men received the inheritance they'd been promised through faith and through patience. And every one of them, their times of greatest breakthrough came after times of greatest difficulty. So I'm here to encourage you in your faith today. Don't stop short in your place of of disappointment, delayed promise, aftermath of crisis, whatever's, whatever's happened. But keep going into the fullness of what God has for you, both in this season and for your life. So I believe this morning what God wants to do is just alter our perspective and adjust our beliefs. So I just want to pray for you. So why don't you stand? And I felt like the word the Lord wanted to give anyone who resonated with that place of being stuck. And I fully understand that these journeys, I don't want to make light of them. I've walked through some myself and I've walked through others with people and I know that they are deeply painful and that we all have to to walk through healing in different ways. But I felt like what the Lord wanted to say to you, if that really resonated with you, is what is your next yes? What is your next yes? It might just be the tiniest little footstep. God is not in the business of making us 
you know, taking us further than we can go. He knows how to meet us exactly in our situation. So during this time when we go into ministry, just ask him that question, what is my next yes? And that's about submitting to trust again. And it's about giving over wherever you're at to the Lord and trusting him that he works all things together for good and he knows how to direct us. And if you're in a space of delay, and maybe it's been a long delay and it's weighing you down, I believe that God really wants to meet you in that space. Some of you with a promise, some of you just with his love and compassion, some of you with his closeness. So if you really, if you're somebody who is in a space of delay and you really need promise, a promise to come into that space, why don't you just raise your hand and I'm just going to pray for you quickly. Now, Lord, we just, we thank you that you do speak and we thank you that you're the God of victory and we thank you that delay um, is a place where you want to meet us. And so, God, I just pray for each one of those people. Would you drop a promise into their heart? Lord, would you come and meet them exactly where they need to be? Would you alter their perspective to see your perspective? God, I just pray that you would come and meet them in that place of unfulfilled yet promises, that place of pain. And would you just manifest your closeness, manifest your presence, turn their eyes back towards you and show them the next step. And then I felt like God was really going to remind many of us of an inheritance for our specific lives on earth that he's promised us um, over the course of our life that we've maybe let go of and that he wants us to pick up again. If that makes sense to you, why don't you also just raise your hand? Yeah, he's just going to drop that in. And then the last one I felt was just that there's some of us where we walk through something difficult and we're trusting God again, but actually the next step is to trust community again. And I know that that's a tough one because community can be our place of pain, but it can also be our place of greatest healing. And so if that resonates with you, then maybe that's just a yes that you need to say to God today. Lord, we just as a community this morning, we just receive your gift of righteousness. We receive the abundant provision of grace that you have for us. Lord, we just lift up our individual situations, whether they're places of blessing or places of pain, places of doubt, whatever it looks like for us, whatever we're holding in front of us, God. We just lift that up to you and we just give you back our trust. We say yes again to your big narrative, to your story. And we trust you to make all things beautiful. We trust you to make all things beautiful.